This is the Tea Break series from Open Up Cricket, where we're joined by players from the professional game to talk about not only the isolation we're currently in, but also how they approach mental health and fitness within the game. Today, the guests are Sean Dixon and Jordan Cox from Kent, and we look at a variety of things from their perspective as batsmen. Sean is one of just two people to have scored a triple century for the county, and Jordan has just finished on an England under-19s World Cup tour. So we're really looking forward to getting stuck into this and hearing what the lads think. Jordan, hello. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good mate, thank you. I've also got Sean, how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for having us. Much appreciated. Well, no problem. I suppose we've got to fill the day somehow. Um, we, were yeah. just, we were just talking, myself and Jordan, before about what we're doing to... To, to, to fill the days, and Jordan was saying that he's playing a lot of darts, doing a lot of cycling. What's um, filling your days at the moment, Sean? Well, um, we're obviously allowed out uh, once a day, and so trying to try to keep active, trying to stay fit, well, as fit as I can. Um, and I've got a really small garden, which uh, my girlfriend and I have decided to tackle together. So. That's pretty much it, really. Uh, not much of a PlayStation player or Xbox player, so a few movies, series, and uh, and doing the garden. I'm getting too old. Yeah, that does sound like a, a fairly middle-aged pursuit, but I'm pretty sure yeah. what I'm doing as well. Um, let's kick off then. I think um, what's really interesting about the, the pair of you is your different paths into where you are now. So for Jordan, we've got being with Kent from the age of 10, is that right? Indeed, yeah, that's yeah. that right. Uh, and then with Sean, you've had this path having come over from, from South Africa, um, having some time in, in club cricket, having your trial and then moving on from there. So if we start with Jordan, um, what, what's been the, uh, how's the process been for you in terms of being at the county from a very young age, being used to the setting and making this move all the way up to now being uh, in, this, in the professional game? Yeah, well, obviously, when I joined Kent when I was 10, that was probably the aim to become a professional for Kent. It was always my dream, watching like likes of Sam, Joe, and, and now Zach uh, doing so well. That was, that, was, that was the dream, to play with those boys. Um, but to now actually playing with them is, is something I'll never have dreamt of. It's absolutely remarkable. And it's, it's all the hard work you've put behind the scenes, all the... All the yards you've done that people don't see is is definitely paid off and definitely worth it. Yeah, is there was there sorry a point when you not knew you were going to make it to this this stage, but where you felt the confident that you could do it? Was there a moment where you just thought, yeah, I reckon I've got this? I uh, not really. I just really I took every every game as as it came. Really, I didn't really overthink it. I was just I was thinking to myself, I score runs, I'll get the opportunity, I'll get the chance. And I in obviously in twos cricket, just kept churning out the runs, just keep trying to trying to score runs and put pressure on uh, the head coach, uh, Matthew Walker, to to try and play me in the team, really. Okay, all right. So you just like a cumulative effect with there. Um what's been the the toughest thing about adapting to playing in the at the first class level? Um definitely Definitely the bowlers, obviously, it sounds 
obvious, but the bowls are a lot better. You don't get many loose balls at all. But I haven't played, I've only played three first class games. So I don't, obviously I've still got hopefully a long way to go, but they're, they're decent. They're, most of them, there's like six or seven decent bowlers who can bowl. It's not like two's cricket where you've got like one or two and then you've got a few academy boys. This is like proper. Everyone can bowl, everyone can bat. There's no there's no weak links you can take down. So it's so it's trying to trying to make your game even better. So you, whenever you face them, so like my first class debut was with Sean. We opened together at uh, Hampshire, the GS Bowl. And we had Fidel Edwards and uh, Abbott bowling. And I was like, oh my God. Like I was just thinking, this guy's got poles all year. I was like, this is my first class game. I've only played one Red Bull game for the twos. Why? What is going on? Why are they throwing me in the deep end here? But I took the, I, I just went, I went for it. I was like, they wouldn't have played me if I'm not good enough. So I'm going to back myself. And I just went for it, really. And luckily, me and Sean did all right. We, I think we got till tea or we got through to lunch. We got like, we did all right. Not too badly. Yeah, okay. So Sean, from your perspective, you, your first class career started when you were in SA. So if we, we you can either, th- either think about from that perspective or when you f- start playing first class in this country. Um, talk us through your, your kind of path there. You, you played for Northerns and then moved over to England with the aim of playing professional cricket here um, and, and went in to play for Woolpit in the East Anglian Premier. Yes, um, so you'd gone from, from yeah, the first class game back into the, to the club game to then get yourself into first class somewhere else. What was the transition like for you between countries, but also between club and county? Yeah, um, I, was, I was always taught um, when I was about Coxie's age, I reckon, um, that you need to need to hang your caps. You need to um, theoretically hang your cap on the wall if you want to look at it that way. Um, you've got to go from, you know, for instance, school cricket. Have you hung your cap? Have you, you know, succeeded at that level? Yes, correct. Hang that cap, and then you move on to the next one, club cricket. Have you succeeded at, um, at that level? Have you almost come out of that bottleneck? And you know, excel better than any other batter at that level. Yes, can and that can. Next level, first class crickets or second team crickets. Have you succeeded at that level? Yes, can hang the cap. So it almost worked out that um, my first class career up to that point, I'd worked so hard and you know had so much failure that I learned an incredible amount up to that point. Um, so moving moving to the UK, it, it was it was almost like you know all this all this kind of built up kind of <laughs> excitement, maybe if you want to call it, or just hunger to succeed, just kind of came out all in one season in 2015 when I travelled for Kent twos. Um, so yeah, I, I just I just try to stay as humble and as calm as I can, and just. Uh, yeah, take it, take it with them. Like, like Coxie said, just uh, ball by ball, game by game. Yeah, and that's those those simple things are, are always so easy to overlook for people, and they're looking for like a magic formula that someone like you, you two would say, "Oh, if you do this, you definitely do it." But it is that that perseverance that goes from it. Now, um, I've got to say, with the the difference say between SA and England. How on earth do you manage to deal with at something like this time of the year, 
the conditions are favourable to a, to a bowler. It's that lovely, shiny red jukes that's doing everything. How do you approach that? I'll ask both. Sorry, you've just, you've just given me nightmares. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can tell the difference. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're young and naive and just you go out there and you just play with flair and, you know, you can, you can definitely tell the difference how as you, as you get more and more experience, you become a little bit more conservative because you're more aware of what can happen. So in Cox's situation, you know, he'll, he'll come out and he'll excel and he'll be able to be, you know, he won't be able to say how he did it or what, he, or what happened, but he'll just excel because it's flair and it's, it's, it's youth. And, but as soon as you start to play more and more seasons, um, getting through that new ball early on in the season is probably one of the toughest things. But what I try and just tell myself often is just to remain calm, try and focus on the ball and allow yourself to make mistakes. So you're going to play and miss a hell of a lot of times. That's, that's inevitable. The ball's going to nip past you probably, you know, 50, 60, even 70% of the time. So how can you stay level and not get too ahead of yourself, but also understand that you want to be batting on the other end as much as possible. You know, because you know, as soon as you get to tea, as soon as you get to lunch, it'll get so much easier. You, you, and the bowlers get more tired, and you can then start to tackle them in their fourth, fifth spells later on in the day. Okay, Jordan, what's your approach then when it's difficult, when the ball is doing a bit, the pitch is offering something to the bowler? Is there something you, you fall back on in terms of how you approach it? Um, when I used to play at Sandwich, though, obviously Marnus was there. And the one thing I took from throwing thousands and thousands of balls at him in the net was he always told me to keep tight no matter what. So that's really been, whenever I'm struggling, whenever it's nipping about, I've always just thought, what would he do? really so I always knew that he told me to keep tight so every time it's moving about doing all sorts I'm just like okay keep tight and give it your give it your best shot like make sure you're not giving any loose shots away or whatever but like Shawnee said uh, for me I'm more about like if, if it's moving about I'll try and put the bowler under more pressure like I'll try and go after him I wouldn't try and like step back but I'll play it in my like how I would play I won't go like try reverse sweeping or something stupid I'll play him how I know how I can play so I'll keep tight to what I know what I can do yeah okay makes a lot of sense now we've got a few other people on the uh the, the call uh, at the moment so if anyone does want to ask a question either use the chat or the Q&A and then I'll get them across to uh to the lads from there um but as we as we kind of look at that and thinking about the challenges that exist and how we uh, adapt to them, and Sean, you spoke a little bit there about about the, the importance of staying level and approaching things the same way if you can. You've got two great examples um, in terms of having scored not only a double century but a triple century. I'm sure you get asked this kind of thing a lot about things like what's it like to score a triple, but. What was it that came together at innings that enabled you to keep going? So rather than just get a big turn, turning something in which makes you only one or two people for the county to have done it. Um, 
Yeah, I I think about this quite often because you know I'd like to replicate it as often as I can. But um, um, it was it was a bit of a weird start to the season uh, back in 2017. I, I think I was only averaging about 27 up front, which which is normal for an opening batter in the UK early on in the season. The ball moving around as we just spoke about. So I wasn't too phased, but at the same time I knew there was a big score around the corner. Um, I approached Walks and I asked him if if I could go and play club cricket on the Saturday, um, purely because I needed a bit more middle time. I wasn't really ready. I didn't feel ready for the game that was coming up and I knew it would do some kind of benefit. But I ended up um, making 100 at club level on the Saturday. Then we had training on Sunday and then we started the game on Monday. Um, and it was weird because in that in that moment, I was I was so hungry because I knew once I got in, once I got to 56 in and, and this this wicket was flat, I I couldn't let them get me out. I couldn't. You know, I had to I had to cash in because you know, you know you know as an opening batter in the UK, if you get in, you've got to make big runs because you you just don't know what's gonna be around the corner. You know, you could get a flat one the next week at Canterbury, or you could get an absolute seamer, um, green seamer. So um, you just you just don't know. But I remember a comment um, when I was on about 280 from, it was probably Ben Duckett or something, but he just said, I can't believe it. Dixon was averaging 26 before this game. I think I jumped to like 45 or 50 after that game. And it just shows you how that resilience and that mental kind of resilience to bat on. I never once, until I got out, never once felt like, you know, oh, I'm just... I'm going to take my foot off the gas yet. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep scoring runs. I'm going to keep cashing in because, you know, three three games down the line, who knows, I could get three ducks in a row. You just don't know. And I was like, I'm in now and I'm going to cash in. And I just, I don't know, it was just some kind of other hunger that just didn't, it just, it just took over me. I, um, yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't want to give them a sniff and I didn't. I didn't. Uh Jordan, from, from your perspective then at the start of your career, you've got a lot of guys at the club to look up to. Um, guys who are now playing for England, people who've had the long careers, the longevity like Steve-O and so on. What have you pieced together um, thus far that helps you get through when there is difficulties and challenges? Um, I think talking to to all the senior pros, um, just taking, not taking everything to heart or taking everything, what they say is gospel. It's more saying and thinking to yourself, okay, I'll take a bit what Sean says. I'll take a bit what Ralph says. I'll take a bit what Deeb says. And then you bring it into like your own game. So instead of just listen, let's say, listen, I'll go up to Sam because I like how he bats and go, tell me everything because that might not work for me. So it's going to people that have had a successful career and trying to find little snippets of what makes them tick and what, what can help you. So obviously talking to, I talk to Debs quite a lot. So obviously take, try and take little things from him, which I, and then I might talk to Rousey and I'll try and find little things that was good about what makes him tick, keep him wise. And then I might do the same with Ollie. So just taking little things, and not taking, so if you get a low score, not taking too personally, because obviously you've obviously got like 40 
team more games or whatever. So just taking it game by game, ball by ball, really. Okay, good stuff. So we've got a question in, which uh, is asking here, Chris is saying, uh, what's the new bowling coach like and how far does he help the batters too? I guess this is saying when we can remember when we were involved with, with cricket directly, what's the, the bowling coach like and is there any crossover? Does he do work with the batters or is he separate with the guys who were bowling? Um, I think I think I've worked a bit more with him than Coxier. So I think Coxier's on tour with under nineteens this winter. Um, yeah. But no, Simon Cook's been he's been unbelievable um, for both the bowlers and the batters. Um, he's taken you know a lot a lot of weight off um, Matt Walker's shoulders, um, and you know he 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 looks at the batting sessions from a bowler's perspective, which is quite nice. Um, you know, so he. He'll sling at you, he'll throw at you, he'll do whatever he's got to do, but it won't necessarily always be from a batter's perspective. It'll be from, okay, well, if I was a bowler, what would I try and do to get you out? Or what would I try and do to set you up? Um, so he's, he's a very hands-on deck type of guy. He, um, he puts a lot he puts a lot into his sessions. Um, he's, just, he's just a great asset. He's a great asset to Kent. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's been around for, for a long time, so we're very lucky to have him. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear that how the different roles aren't necessarily pigeonholed. That a bowling coach is just going to be a benefit mm. to the bowlers. They can have an influence across the club, which is which is great. So, um, but for the both of you here, and I think I'll ask I'll ask Jordan uh, Jordan first. Um, within cricket and within kind of life in general, what is it that you look to to keep yourself mentally fit and healthy because a lot of the stuff which we'll talk we talk about cricket is around your physical conditioning but what is it even if it's something very simple that you do just to look after your mind and make sure things don't get on top of you too much um yeah i think for me it's definitely doing something like for me it's definitely playing golf so if i've if i've had like a long let's say hard four day I haven't scored many runs I'll try and play golf on the weekend I'll try and like switch off from it because otherwise I play club cricket and if I don't score runs there I'll just get down so I try and take my mind off it by playing golf or going going out going and offer a weekend with a family or something just trying to take my mind off it but golf is normally the easiest one to do so obviously the season's so compact okay good stuff yeah I've heard that quite a bit in fact Army Army did their uh, chat with uh, Sam Curran, something that we've been supporting. And one of his ones was, yeah, get on the get on the golf course, leave the phone, do that. How about you, Sean? Is there anything in particular that you, you lean into to help you mentally? So I'm I'm subject to um, a massive overthinker. I uh, I overthink everything. Um, it's you know I'd, I'd almost say it's it's a strength, but also a weakness of mine. Um, so you know, I, I'm I'm the same as Cox. I try and I try and get away as uh, as much as possible. I enjoy the golf course just as much as the next person. But um, uh, I don't know if I if I was to say a key message um, in this was um, back when I was about 19, 20 years old. I um, I went and saw a psychologist about um, the levels of anxiety I was feeling when I was 
going out to bat in high pressure situations. And um, I ended up uh, getting diagnosed with generalized anxiety. So I'm now on um, a very low dose of antidepressants to, to kind of keep me level, keep me calm, um, and makes me stay in the moment a bit more. Um, so I try now when I get out or if I've had a bad game, I just try and take myself away, but not necessarily through activity, but also through, you know, just going to the beach. Um, beaches here are terrible, quietly, just pebbles everywhere. I'm not used to that. I'm not used to beautiful sand. But no, just the sound of the waves. Even like, okay, just try and get yourself away from the game. Um, yeah, I think Sam Curran hit the, hit the nail on the head with um, leaving your phone at home and, and, just, and just relaxing and just taking in everything else other than cricket because, uh, you know, it's, it's such a small clip of your life, cricket, but you put so much emphasis on it. It can be tough. Yeah. Now, we've got another question from Nick here. Uh, he's asking, what do you guys do to, to switch on mentally before going out in the field? So do you have any pre-game rituals or on-field rituals that you use to, to get you focused, I guess? Uh, start, start with you, Sean. Now, is there anything that you do... Damn it, I wanted to hear Coxie's first. <laughs> I'm, I'm more intrigued as to what, what his are. Um, I know, I, I'm, I'm very simple. I, I try and not overcomplicate superstitions. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've had my superstitions in the past where, you know, you're going to wear your favourite T-shirt, you're not wearing your buttons up to this point, you're going to make sure you have your pads on first, your gloves and all these kind of things. And, I think that just creates so much anxiety and so much stress before you go out and back. You're already worrying about your shoes and your pads and your shirts and your box and everything that I just, I just try and, you know, remain chill. I try and chat. I try and go and sit next to someone who has a very big calming influence on me. You know, I mean, like the Coxie said, he speaks a lot to Daniel Bartram and then, you know, him and I have got a very close relationship. We, almost you know the same person in that regard and I, I like to sit next to him you know I like to sit next to Heino who's who's also very relaxing he just you know it just becomes a conversation that brings you brings you back down levels you and then you know you can then crack on and get ready to go but mainly for me out in the middle too it's just breathing making sure you, you know take big deep breaths um, whether it be when you're taking your mark or you know, something, just try and relax, try and stay level, try and stay grounded as much as you can. And don't let your head, you know, soak up everything at once because it can be a very, very, very daunting atmosphere at times. Yeah. Okay. Great answer. Right then, Cox, it seems like you're very intrigued in this one. Um, for me, um, going out to bat, for me, it's more, I'm not really not really worried about it and more gives me more of a buzz when obviously it's bad if someone gets out obviously for us but when I go and I feel like I'm actually quite happy I'm like oh here we go this is my time to to shine really um and when I'm out there I when I'm playing at my best all I think about is that ball coming down no matter who's bowling like it's just that ball which way is it swinging what can I do score runs but obviously when I'm when I'm struggling for runs, that's when I start thinking, Oh my god, it's it's Abbott bowling at me. Oh, it's like all these different people I'm just name dropping. So it's just 
for me, when I'm playing at my best, all I think is just watch that white Red Bull. I don't really think anything. I'm probably the most simple bloke out there. Okay, simplicity is is certainly good. Uh, I think we've got time for this one question that's come from Chris, and then I'll finish with one. Um, Chris has asked, with all the travelling that's involved, how do you deal with homesickness? And I think that's particularly pertinent here because um, from from Cox's perspective, the under-19s World Cup being, being fairly recently and how you'd have dealt with it then. And then from Sean, the, the, the kind of the circuit that you're on going up and down the country from that. So um, let's, let's go with yours, Sean. How do you deal with any kind of homesickness or, or difficulties being away from home? Um, so I've, I've, uh, I've been in England now for some, it's my sixth year. So I've been away from home for a lot of, uh, of, of my career. Um, so I'm, I'm very used to it. Um, I'm very, I'm very used to being away, but it, yeah, I, I think like I was saying, you know, when, when you need to switch off that, that family time, that home time is so important. Um, because, you know, there's, there's the times when you're on the road for a good couple of weeks during, during the white ball comps and also the red ball comps, um, can become quite long winded, um, you know, jumping from one game to the next, but yeah, I think, you know, just try and try and stay as close to those who, um, keep you level. Um, and you know, you've, you've got your phone so you can speak to loved ones if you need to, but otherwise, you know, you've, you've got to understand that it's, it's a small part of your life. Um, you're not going to be a professional cricketer forever, you know, hopefully for, you know, Coxie and myself, we can have, you know, 10, 15 year plus careers, um, career, sorry. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's just understanding that it's, it's, it's not forever, it's your dream. So um, just, you know, cracking on and, and, and staying focused on the bigger, the bigger goal. Okay, yeah. Jordan, what's your thoughts then? And particularly, I mean, this is interesting. Most people would look at having the experience of going away to play in an under-19s World Cup has just been entirely brilliant. And I'm sure it was a great experience. But what did you do then to deal with any little thoughts about being away from home and things happening uh, without you? Yeah, so when I was in year six, I went to boarding school at Wellesley House. So from, the, from year six, I've been a full boarder. So I haven't really... I find it quite nice not being at home. Um, so I've always enjoyed being around people. That's what gives me a buzz. This excites me being around people. I don't really like being alone. But especially the World Cup, because obviously we didn't do as well as we would have liked. Um, it was it was talking to talking to uh, family members because obviously it was. I felt a bit down because obviously we should have won we should have got through to the the quarters but we didn't so it was a bit like talk to some people you know and that that care about you and um instead of just being down not talking to anyone just staying in your room actually opening up to people like your family just talking about it really that's what but being away from home for me is i actually like it a bit more than other people yeah well, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Um, just to finish then, gents, um, and I think there's been so much, of, so much to think about in what you've said, so I appreciate you, your honesty. Um, one of the big things that we talk about in Open Up Cricket is about 
the importance of teamwork and the importance of communication for helping people not only when things are going well but for when things might not be at their best how do do you at, at Kent support each other as a team what kind of things do you do whether they're simple whether they're a little bit more involved Takes away Coxie um, for us uh, for the Kent boys we we do we for pre-season we, we played golf so all the lads this year, unfortunately, we didn't obviously because of this virus going around. But um, last year we played golf. So everyone played, no matter if you kind of hold a golf club, everyone played, everyone, everyone enjoyed the day out in the end. But it was a struggle to try and get the whole side on the, on the course. But we're normally together, we're, we're quite a close bunch, I think. Um, we always... Always go to the lime tree, have coffees, teas all together. We always, we always around each other. It's normally you normally don't see anyone by themselves walking around. You normally have three or four blokes with you at all times. Normally, so we're quite a close bunch. So, add Sean. Yeah, um, you know, I'll I'll hundred percent second that. Um, you know, we've uh, we've all spent a lot of time with each other in the past, so we know what makes us tick and what and what doesn't really so you know it's 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 understanding each other and um, to the point where we know if someone needs a shoulder to to lean on or uh, you know if, if someone just needs a bit of time to themselves so you know key thing for us is just trying to enjoy enjoy each other's company as much as we can um you know whether we win or lose we um we you know, we get together after the game, we have a drink, we, you know, settle, we relax and, you know, we, whether we talk about cricket or whether we don't talk about cricket, we, we try and just enjoy each other's company and understand that, you know, there's, there's bigger and better things to come or, you know, understanding that, you know, there's, there's, there's also individual success within the change room. So whether you win or lose, you know, still, you know, allowing those people who have done well to to enjoy their success because you know that when when you succeed they'll enjoy it with you that's a great place for us to to, to finish uh, thank you to both jordan and sean for for joining me this evening a couple of things to to wrap up one is to point you in the direction of uh, sporting minds who jordan acts as an ambassador for callum and the guys there do terrific work in supporting um young sports people and um, so I'd definitely put, put you in their direction if you've enjoyed what you've heard we're running these uh, tea break sessions to raise a few quid for Calm who provide support for people who are experiencing difficult times in their life um, and at this stage of our existence with the COVID-19 and all the, the anxieties and the problems that causes what they offer is really essential so the link to throw in a couple of quid will be um, at the end of this when it's published. But for now, I'll say thanks very much and wish everyone a good evening and go well whenever we do get a season.